Bay Zero Season 3, Episode 46. What if we do it a little different today? I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined by Jamie Jurek. Good morning, everybody. Whoa, things are happening. Well, we can't do a five-minute countdown in peace, people. My goodness gracious. Uh, Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. RIP to our rundown that BD and I spent like half an hour putting together because now yeah. a lot of it got thrown out the window. We got some splaining to do on what that means. We'll get to it in just a second. Aaron Perrine's here. Uh, man, it would be nice for one time for our show to go and be a thing without being interrupted. But congrats, everybody. Chonky show. I just want peace. I just want, I just want peace. peace. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Tony Stark moment right there. I just want peace. Uh, be out of a job with peace. And that's true of phase zero. We need a little chaos and we're going to get every once in a while. We have a special guest. We will welcome into the show in just a minute. It's a big surprise. Everybody let the suspense build, let the drums roll. But first I got to say, the plan was we're going to talk about Madam Web, which we're going to do. And then we're going to run through some MCU news, which we're going to do because there's been some chunky MCU news to discuss. Movies are moving. Things are shaking. It's all happening. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the Marvels and the weekend that it had. And think about, we're going to discuss what the hell happened. Uh, but actually, we have something else we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that What If trailer that just released. I haven't even watched it yet. Me neither. Me Has neither. Lily just came out. I just got this box in the mail this morning. What If... And it's got these dates. I assume this is part of the trailer, but it's like an advent calendar. It's got oh, day. That is so cute. And it showed Fun. that What If Season 2 is going to release on December 22nd, a new episode every day until December 30th. Inside, it's just candy, so I won't spare you with, uh, with an unboxing. Uh, I won't bore you with an unboxing. I'm going to save those and eat the candy each day. Absolutely. Uh, okay, our guest is waiting, but I have so much to say. I'm so sorry. Really quickly, I have to thank everybody. We had our single biggest day of downloads ever in Phase Zero. Since launching on January 15th, 2021 with the premiere of WandaVision, on Friday, November 10th, we had more downloads in a single day than we've ever had in the history of the show. Thank you. That is insane. And the MCU is dead, they said. <laughs> uh, it's been awesome. We also had two bonus episodes already go up this week. Uh, the writer and director and executive producers of Loki on Monday, Tom Hiddleston, yesterday. That was awesome. Thank you so much to everybody for the kind comments. Um, they're really just praising Tom, as he should be praised, the best individual ever. We have a special guest announcement that we're going to have in a bonus episode. One of the Marvels is going to be joining us for a bonus episode that's released on Friday. I'm going to make you wait for that one. Let's get to today's guest because we're going to talk about Madam Web. And then, actually, you know what? Let's do a what if live reaction first, yeah. assuming that trailer is ready to go. But uh, we'll do it with our special guest. You might remember him, absolute legend in the Phase Zero community. Please welcome back to the show, Neebs. Yo, 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 what's going on? I miss you guys, man. I feel like I talk to you guys every single day without actually having to talk to you guys because I listen to the podcast all the time. I'm like <laughs> arguing with you guys at the gym and people are just watching me and going like, what is this crazy guy talking to himself? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I uh, I feel like we've, we've seen each other a couple times since you were on the show at Comic-Cons. I didn't even get to go to New York Comic-Con this year. I know, I know. There wasn't a lot of stuff there because of the strike, but it was a lot of fun. It was very much like meet people, hang out. Um, I had a good time. I had a good time at the Comic-Con. I bought a lot of stuff, about too much stuff, to be honest with you, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, the San Diego one was the same thing, man. I'm glad we got to hang out and uh, I got to see you drop some big cash on some of these things, man. I was like, yo, <laughs> Brandon does not go for the cheap stuff. He goes for the nice stuff. <laughs> no, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, mostly a curse. <laughs> Uh, but I'll, I'll deal with the curse later in life when I have no money left. But for now, it's just I just I love these things. Uh, but dude, thank you for hanging with us. How you been? How's how's uh, how's everything going on the podcast and everything? It's been great, man. I ever since I've been on your podcast, I learned so much from you guys and kind of like based our our podcast right after like you guys and like it's been great, man. We've been having a great time, having so many great discussions. Um, I I've just been like growing, and it's been. A lot of it is you guys, man. You guys are the blueprint. So that's what I've been following. Oh, uh, dude. I've, I'll never, that on, on our first ever episode, I said I wanted to like open up opportunities and stuff like that to hear that it's not, like we've done anything. I don't think we really deserve credit. You're doing it out there. Like you have the, you have the skills, you have the tools. Uh, it's all you. But thank you for saying that because I, I mean, I take a lot of pride in helping people 
you know, do anything or motivate anybody in any way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to react to nice things. I get awkward. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, dude. I'm happy for you. I, I, I love seeing your success, dude. And you're just doing stuff that you enjoy. So that's at the end of the day, that's kind of what we all want to do. Um, all right. Everybody's here. We got to talk. We, the what if trailer. I'm going to wait until Richard tells me we have the what if trailer. So I have, I'm waiting. Like, I really want to watch this thing. But you know, I don't think we have it ready yet. So once I know we have it ready, then we'll do the what if trailer. So we'll start with our original plan, which was Madam Web. Uh, the Madam Web trailer dropped this morning, which uh, it's definitely a trailer. Um, I think we have this one, but we can, we can, uh, I don't, I don't want to listen to it. We can just discuss it. It's available now. It's been out for a couple hours. We've all watched it already. Um, so Madam Web trailer, I'll go last. Aaron, you're top of the screen. Other than me, I'm copping out here. Uh, what'd you think? Well, that looks better than Craven. I said that before we got <laughs> on this thing. I uh, listen, Jenna, we did it. Madam <laughs> Web Hive, right Madam Web Hive. We're the Madam only Web people. Sweep. It's just me and Jenna on the, the two of us and Richard, because Richard That's... watched the trailer before we started, and he was elated. He was very on board after watching it. So. A thousand years, me and Jenna, just hanging out, being like, <laughs> oh boy, Julie Carpenter, finally. Just all of these characters and the suits actually look really cool. Um, when they said this was going to be set in the 2000s, I expected a lot more of like the weird nostalgia baby stuff. But otherwise, it just looks like they just channeled the movies from them. I'm not going to lie. Having watched freaking Daredevil and Elektra in such recent succession. I'm like, <laughs> what, what happened? Did we replay our episode? We talked about those, but I am super excited. I am excited to see. Um, and there's another part of this that we'll get to later, but Jamie, Jamie just saw this thing like four seconds <laughs> I, ago. It's funny. I, I had to watch it while the countdown was going. So I did watch the trailer set to our music. <laughs> 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 Which actually really pumped it up a bit. I I have um mixed feelings. Um, I, I'm really struggling. Like, I wish I had watched it earlier, but as you know, I sleep until about 10 minutes before we start the show. So that that just wasn't uh, an option for me. Um okay, so I've been dancing around this since the casting announcement, and I because I try not to be negative, especially against people and especially against women. So I've been really trying to like to not say this on the show, but there's really no way to get around it now. I'm going to have to just come out and live my truth and tell you that like, I'm just not a Dakota Johnson fan. I've never been a Dakota Johnson fan. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and I hate saying that, but like, there's just nothing I can do about it in this moment. And so I'm trying to separate myself from that feeling and it's really hard. <laughs> it's really difficult for me. Um, but I, I do have to say to what Aaron said, this looks like a 2000s movie. And to me, that is a positive because that's when I was a teenager and any nostalgia for my teenage years is something I'm so in for. I am so here for the fact that this looks like a little girl gang movie. I love that. Um, I, I don't think it looks as bad quality wise as some people are saying. Um, and I, 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 I am a little worried. It seems like there'll be some groundhog daying and like you, you're going to follow Loki. We, we just did that with Loki. Um, that concerns me. Uh, but like, I'm, I'm going to be open. I'm going to set aside my feelings about a certain actor because that is not, that's, that's my own problem and try to be positive. But I agree with Aaron. It looks better than Craven. Jenna. <laughs> uh, I, again, Aaron and I are alone on an island of being excited for this movie, and I am still, I'm throwing a party on that island at this point. I, this movie looks exactly like what I expected it to be, and that is great. Um, I, I have seen so many comments today and even heard some from some people on this panel of how it looks like it's on the CW. I don't necessarily think that is a bad thing. I think nope. that there is an art to doing a B-level or B-level superhero movie. And I think that we kind of forget that and we kind of forget what that looks like. I, as the staunchest Venom defender on this podcast, always kind of bang that drum. And I think that this looks exactly like the type of movie that I want it to be. It is not going to revolutionize the genre. It is not going to knock my socks off, but it looks like a lot of fun and i get to see julia carpenter in live action played by one of my favorite like current working actresses and that is a plus for me so and those suits look great so i'm on board it just i it does look a little bit like a movie somewhere between straight to dvd and blockbuster quality like i it's not quite that i don't know if it's intentional b-level movie i don't think they went into a spider-man i don't know i'll say i got i'm sorry neebs what do you think <laughs> 
I, I, I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did. I, I thought it was fun. I do think that like it has a little Final Destination vibes to it, which is my favorite movie of all time Ooh. when it comes to horror. So I really do like that aspect of it. I feel like if they leaned into a little bit more of the horror aspect, it'd be really, really cool. But like seeing all the Spider-Women in their costume is kind of worth the price of admission, man. I think that's super cool. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, this, I mean, I, I thought I thought parts of the trailer looked really cool. Maybe I've just been burned before by Sony movies because I was like a I was Mormon time, baby. I saw that trailer <laughs> and I was like, let's go. And now I'm out here. I've been burned too many times. <laughs> Fool me six times. Shame on you. Fool me a seventh. Well, uh, no, I, th- I mean, I was kind of into it, but then it became that bit of dialogue where she's like, well, that's when my mother was down there researching spiders and she died. And it's just, I don't know. I don't even, if the next position dump is packed into the trailer, I'm a little bit worried about the film. I'll go in with an open mind. I hope it's good. I was more excited before I saw the trailer. I thought the trailer kind of landed a little flat for me, but uh, hopefully it's good. Ezekiel Sims, you know, Madam Web, Spider Girl, Spider Woman, a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of potential here, and I'm I, 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 I'm hopeful that you know it's some sort of connection to Andrew Garfield or something. That'd be cool. Uh, anything from the trailer? Any details we want to talk about in terms of Easter eggs uh, or things you caught or stood out to you? I'll, I'll just do like a quick explainer on the three spider women that we see. Cause I know some people aren't as super familiar. So Julia Carpenter is the second spider woman. She's also the second Madam web. So we're kind of tying into if Cassandra is the first Madam web, Julia succeeds her. Um, she debuted in secret wars and basically was experimented on and given spider powers and she's great. And I love her. Um, Anya is also tied. She's tied to the spider society, which if we are getting Ezekiel Sims, that has the potential to be really interesting. Um, and she has been spider girl for a really long time and then maddie is actually technically j jonah jameson's niece um and has gets her powers through this like weird switcheroo with norman osborne and so she was i think the third spider woman so i just like that we're getting all of these women in this movie i feel like if this movie was titled spider women there would be a completely different reaction to it versus madam webb but i'm just happy we're getting any of it and Maddie Franklin got like power when Norman wanted Norman got yeah. knowledge. Right. So yeah. there is obviously like deep connections to Spider-Man characters and villains. So whether or not this will deliver it or is another Sony thing where they're trying to bait you by putting a spider web in the trailer, who knows? I will say it's a, a common thing that some of this panel has expressed about all the MCU stuff is that you'd like to see another universe. And the synopsis for this clearly says in another universe, blah, 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 blah. So there's no, is this the same world as Venom? Is this the same world as Andrew Garfield? You're doing setup for whatever weird spider verse thing that they're trying to plan over there in Sony's Spider-Man uh, universe of characters. There we go. That's what they call that thing. Uh, I am excited Sometimes. to actually have a spider person actually in one of these things. It might not be Spider-Man, but we are making baby steps towards having the actual hero of the franchise in one of these spinoff movies, which is hysterical because we've been through like, what, three? Four? Yeah. Yeah, and not a hint. Not a thing. I would like to say, uh, in defense of BD, of like wanting to see other multiverses, like, do we think that this is going to tie into Secret Wars? Because I certainly don't. <laughs> I think that's what BD means when he wants to see other universes. I mean, I if, it, if it makes some money, the least Kevin Feige can do is will. like throw one of these characters oh. into Secret Wars. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they're going to need to build up Secret Wars and build up all of the different universes. And that is going to involve folding some Sony characters into Listen, there. In Variety articles that actually stand up to the test of time, the biggest goers of the movies in the last 10 years is Latin American people. So if Anya needs to probably be in there, her and Miles probably need to be in Secret Wars in some capacity. Just saying. I just hope the post credit scene is far less insulting than the one. Oh, God. <laughs> that bar is so low that I feel like yes. anything is going to yeah. be better. Literally Michael Keaton is Batman. Let's go. <laughs> sure. Sounds great. Uh, Thank you. Easy. What? the ezekiel sims character that's a character that basically tried to do like the uh war machine recommendation from endgame but that's like his whole mo where war machine was like what if we just go find baby thanos and well that's kind of what ezekiel sims does before people turn bad he tries to kill them so that seems to be what this movie's about he thinks these characters are going to turn bad or they might protect somebody who's going to turn bad become a threat to him uh so uh, listen 
it's one trailer. This trailer didn't blow me away. Uh, I really did get a feeling from the way it was shot of that early 2000s, but I get that feeling from every Sony Marvel movie. So I think it's cool that they finally were like, well, we're making a movie set when it looks like this movie was filmed. Uh, that's interesting. I got like the, even just the style of filming it just gave maybe it's because there was practical costumes and we don't get that really anymore. It gave me amazing Spider-Man vibes. Mm -hmm. So that's a positive. And, you know, I love to find those. So, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Hopefully it's good. We're going to watch it. Um, all right. Anything else about Madam Web before we move on to the other trailer of the day? Uh, some people in the comments are saying that Marvel Studios posted this trailer. Is that normal? Huh. Ain't no way. That I, Marvel Studios? I would be shocked if that happened. There's I, two people in the comments. I, I want to get a check on that before we, before we even right, speculate about that. Going to the Instagram. Let's, let's see about that. I did remember, see like Marvel Entertainment posted it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that's what but, I thought so yeah. too. I don't think it's, Marvel Studios would have. Marvel it's Studios not on their Instagram. That is not, yeah. Mar oh. I was Marvel about to say, I'm like, what? Yeah, because Marvel they, Entertainment makes sense. They post everything. Mm -hmm, they do. Um, all right. But my, what Marvel Studios did post mm. was the what if season two trailer they actually just released a uh, poster for it too which looks like a lot of fun uh but we had watched this so this is going to be the first ever the number one hold on let's pause this hold on hold on hold on uh i'm going to tweet that we're doing this real quick interesting. oh great uh uh any predictions any, any hopes and dreams before we uh, before we watch the what if trailer i want to uh, see the I... new character that we were talking about last week i want to see her even just for a little bit but while we're um, while we're waiting, I'll tell you that I got to talk to uh, David F. Malfi, and uh, I always mumble his last name. I can't say it right. Um, uh, at the uh, Buckland Holiday Gala, and I asked if we were gonna if he's lending his voice to this uh, again, and he and he you know didn't really tell me that, but he gave me all these things he wants to see Kurt and Veb do, and he oh. says that he wants Veb to be a member of the Fantastic Four in oh. What If, and he wants Kurt to open a barbershop, and it was adorable. He was the sweetest man ever, and uh, it was so I was like Veb in the Fantastic Four insane love it keep him coming give this man a give this man a pen <laughs> well <laughs> i love david desmalchian but He's everything about quantum mania could be uh you know well yeah what am i gonna say to the man quantum mania is my least favorite marvel movie no that's, what, that's I'm how say. i start my interviews that's usually how i start <laughs> And but then you that, get like the giant hook that like pulls you off of the interview. It's just no, like, no, no you're no, not I'm doing this anymore. I'm just no, kidding. Was, don't, don't do that. Now. Like, I don't want, I, I may not like that movie, but he, I like, Veb is cute. And I just love David. Yeah. He's such, he's, and he, the first thing he did when he came up to us was he was like, comicbook.com. I love you guys. Like, he's just so nice. I love David S. Mouchy and he is yeah. a class act and a he's very nice guy. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Here we go. I'm going to press play on the trailer for us in three. Two, we have sound, right? Yeah, let's listen to it too. This kid puts on quite a show. We got Michael Douglas. Yeah. I have eyes on the target. He does not look all that threatening. Looks can be deceiving, your highness. Are you sure you do not want any backup? Nah, I'm great with kids. You thought the story was over. But it was only just beginning. I don't do sequels. Normally. But things have gotten a little twisted. In the multiverse. Is that Wanda? Who is this handsome dog? Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh. For you for a long time. Time, 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 
Just be careful. I don't think I can bear to narrate what might happen next. Hey, yo. This one's good. Okay. Oh okay. All right. Oh. Yes. Darcy, we got a code red. The Avengers Tower's been overtaken. On Christmas? What is this, Con Air? No, wait, Under Siege? Oh, no, God. no, no. Oh, that's not it. Hey, John McClane, focus. This trailer did not just end with Darcy Lewis and a Die Hard reference. I'm gonna die. They, they did that especially for you, Jamie. And Avengers Tower? <laughs> Yo, that trailer was great. Wow. Wow. Oh like, wow. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay, what if's coming? We'll watch it. You know, this other, these other we all watched season one. There's parts of it we really liked and parts of it that was like, well, okay. Uh this looks fantastic. Wow. Michael, this makes they, me want to rewatch season one. Yeah. They recast T'Challa. Or is that is that is that T'Challa or T'Challa? Yeah, I think that's I think that's his dad. I think that's T'Challa. Because it looks like this because since it looks like that's Peter and Peter's young, it looks like that would be like the Avengers of like the eighties. Oh, is that Peter Parker? No, Peter Quill. Oh, 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 from okay, yes. Like it lo- that's who it looked like. And so it looks because like with Michael Douglas, that looked like a very young Hank Pym. So it looks like it's like Hank and Janet and like all of the Avengers that would have like been operating in the 80s, technically, which is cool. This Mad Max stuff looks okay. amazing. I am very that's here so for cool. whatever this is. Oh, my gosh. That looks like I the just... season one episode that didn't end up getting released in season one because this is the Gamora and Tony Stark episode that became a Lego set before it was an episode. <laughs> Grandmaster, Jeff Goldblum. This is this looks really fun. This is, is going to that... be cool. Is that Marvel who's supposed to be in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Marvel. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ego is back, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. This looks good. We got some Shang-Chi stuff. Look at the Hello. Ten Rings in action. I'm here for it. Oh, man. Who's that? Was that Odin? Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Is that Hulk with a mustache? Yes. It is. Yes. It is. Oh, tattoo it on my body. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Uh, a resounding approval, it sounds like, from the Phase Zero crew and Neves. I'm here for the. Zero crew. I'm and here the for the character. sword fight. Yeah. Woo! All right. What's well, the new we character's are... name again? Um, I'm gonna butcher it, but I think it's Kahori. Okay. She's yeah. Dope. Killmonger's back. Thanos, the goat. Wow, this was mm. a good trailer. Fantastic trailer. Uh, so I dare say, far by far the best Marvel trailer of the day. Fair. <laughs> I also, I, can I just say, I like the release strategy. I like doing an episode a day. I think that that is a very cool experiment, especially to do with something like this. And especially having lived through this season one era where we kind of were like, okay, that was our one Marvel thing for the week. I like that we're getting this all condensed down as opposed to having to stretch it out over half a year. They really just said, all right, Madam Webb, hold our multiversal beer. <laughs> like what? This trailer's, oh, wait, there it is. There's my... There's my precious. There he is. And there's, come on. Oh, um, should, I guess we can assume that the Christmas one's going to drop on December. Yeah. If probably. it doesn't, that's if really fun. I think that's really fun. Like, um, I, I, the only thing that's a bummer is like, we keep joking, like, oh, podcast every day. And it's like, but it's the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but what also I'm da- I, like, I love that idea. <laughs> You know, you're saying you don't want to hop on to talk about what if every single day while you're out with your family and stuff? Uh, yeah, give me Christmas Day. I'll, I, I will open presents while talking yes. about what if. Right. Unboxing we, live on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guests those days are our families. Special yes. guests. <laughs> All right, we got to take a quick break. We are running away over time because this what if trailer came out of nowhere uh, and j- crashed into our universe and uh, it changed our rundown a bit. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the new MCU release schedule, which is dramatically different from what it was about 20 minutes ago, well, or two days ago, but I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Avengers Kang Dynasty possibly getting quite a few oh changes. Oh my God. There's, <laughs> oh, there's more. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. Welcome back to Phase Zero, the chonkiest of chonker episodes. Is chonking on here? Uh, this is this is some chonky news from last week that Jen is about to walk us through, and we got to talk about it. 
Yeah. So um, I was I was on on staff when this broke and it was fun writing like a half a dozen different articles. So um, now that the strikes are over, which we probably wouldn't talk about that on a normal episode, but we have so much to talk about. But the, the actor strike is over. So um, Disney has announced new release dates for basically every MCU movie that was on track uh, for the next couple of years. So now Deadpool 3 is the only MCU movie that is scheduled to debut in 2024. Um, it, it will now debut on July 26, 2024, which is during San Diego Comic-Con, which I feel like they're going to have the potential to do something really chaotic and fun with that. I would not be surprised if they did like a premiere at Comic-Con because that this feels like the movie to do that for. Um, and then Captain America 4 is now delayed a- almost a full year to February 14th, 2025. Thunderbolts is now delayed to July 25th, 2025. And Blade is delayed to November 7th, 2025. So how are we feeling? My first thought is Blade after Halloween? Why so close after? What what releases the week before? Good question. I have no idea. Saw 11. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Marvel Studios has ever had an October release date. That first weekend in November, that's like Thor The Dark World came out that weekend. There are other movies that have done that November slot. But I mean, the Marvel's just now. But that didn't work out so well. Wasn't it Eternals? Eternal was early November, right? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just have studies point to that being a good date. I assume there's all sorts of analytics that went into it. But yeah, like, why not just make your already vampire movie drop on Halloween? <laughs> uh, I, I think this is, first of all, I think it's great news that they're slowing things down. I do know. And this was reported, I think. Uh, but Captain America Brave New World is reworking quite a large chunk of the film. I know there's three pieces or something that are big pieces of the film that they're about to reshoot or completely change. I'm not really sure. Uh, But again, reshoots are built into the process, something we all freaked out about, about that variety article, which I think we're going to talk about in the last part of today's show. Uh, But one movie next year seems like a good opportunity to take a look at what has worked, what hasn't worked and say, it's almost a guaranteed success. Let's get stuff set for 2025. And now there's, Four movies set for 2025, though, which I think takes us right back to the same problem, possibly, because Fantastic Four is between Cap 4 and Thunderbolts. But I don't know if anybody agrees with me that four movies in one year is just going to take us right back to a possibly overload of content. I feel like Fantastic Four would get delayed, but I don't know. This is all just so in flux all the time. Fantastic Four currently has that May date, which we know Marvel loves. So maybe yeah. cat. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they should get. Maybe a cat what do you think of all this? I don't know. I really feel like uh, the dates being pushed back. That none of this is going to matter. And in, in a few in a few months, we're going to find all new dates, and it's going to be pointless <laughs> to even talk about it. Hmm. I think that's a factor too in in just movie going fatigue. These movies, specifically the superhero movies, keep shifting around a ton. And she's like, well, the ability to build anticipation isn't the same as it was before, you know? And you're like, okay, Infinity War Part 1, Infinity War Part 2, they're coming, you know, this date, that date. So for six years, you're able to look forward to it. Can I just say, a lot of you have said you wanted to slow down. A lot of people have said, and then there's also Twitter people who are like, oh my God, everything's moving back so far. We are going to figure out what y'all are really about. Because I have no faith. <laughs> no faith. Why should I? Why? Why would I have faith? that human beings after the last three years are not going to disappoint me. Are you kidding? I'm we'll all for sure. No, I think it's I, great to slow it down. No, I'm talking about not you, BD. I'm talking <laughs> about our listenership and the larger Marvel fandom. I have no faith in them. I have no faith. Why would I have faith? Why? Why would I have Look faith? It, put it on Twitter. Why would I do that? <laughs> I, I'm like so serious. I like breathe these things. He's like, yo, Aaron is like legit. Serious. I'm like, why would I have faith? We'll check back in on this a month before Deadpool. <laughs> I think that's when I will check back in on this and see what's going on. Cause people will be like, we had Echo and that was fun, but like also only Deadpool. And then after Deadpool's over, it's like, I don't know. Me and Jamie just watching the clock to October, hoping that Agatha comes out, <laughs> just walking back and forth, pacing the rooms, like, oh God, Catherine Hodd. She has a I'll say this. I'll say as somebody who's been one of the champions of slowing down the release, as soon as these things get pushed away, I want them more. So that just goes to show if you slow it down, you give me a chance to want these things, then it's it possibly going to drum up a bit more excitement when they inevitably do arrive. I think four movies in one year 
is a lot. Other shows they have planned for 2025 could possibly be a lot. To but, to to quote Zemo, but there's never been another Brandon Davis. <laughs> you are very very singular, my friend. You're not you are not like them. Built different. <laughs> I do not think the average person. I I could be wrong. We'll see. We we, we gonna find out together. I, I, I will. I will also just say as a DC fan, I am so used to these gap years. Like this is par for the course. I am used to, oh, we had like a year where Aquaman was the only DC thing outside of shows that were on the CW. We Next year, all we have is Creature Commandos and Joker 2. So it's like I am used to slowing down if it means that other good things are down the, like in the pipeline. So we're just going to have to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about for a year on phase zero. <laughs> oh, oh, <that's> <laughs> ranking our ranking episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, listen, I am finally opening up to the idea of doing an Infinity Saga rankings episode, but I told Jim Viscardi I'll only do it if we're able to do it in person with a live audience. I want to do Infinity Saga rankings with like people there to like, react in real time. I think it'll be so much fun. I want oh, all God. four of us together. And I want a live audience. Trying to get us tomatoes like, thrown at us. Oh yeah, well, and that's the thing is, as soon as they walk in the door, we're giving them a bag of tomatoes. <laughs> 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 I want to do live audience phase zeros so bad. I have been pushing for it. We almost were able to do something last week, but it fell apart. Uh, not by our doing, but uh, we tried. Uh, all right, Avengers: The Kang Dynasty changes. Joanna Robinson, friend of the show, author of MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios, says. Jeff Loveness is no longer writing Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Marvel Studios is moving away from Kang. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, she was on the show. If you listen to that episode, it's one of our most listened to episodes in the past couple months, actually, because she was such a fantastic and insightful, awesome guest. Uh, but she has pointed out that, you know, sometimes she'll say things and they will get blown out of proportion. They will get reported on as if they were being reported on when really she sometimes is just making assumptions based on history or based on, some things, but without actual, you know, inside information. But also sometimes she does have inside information and she is actually reporting something. It seems like the Jeff Loveness of this all is very good. Let's, let's just read the quote. I heard from someone recently, the screenwriter Jeff Loveness, who wrote Quantumania, was supposed to write the Kang Dynasty. Anyway, it's confirmed. I had it confirmed to me. He's no longer working for Marvel. I asked the person why, and they said the reason why is he was all wrapped up in this Kang storyline and they are likely going to be moving away from that. So this is now heard as they're moving away from Kang. Obviously, with all the Jonathan Majors things going on, we're all thinking that's the first place your brain goes is they're just going to try to do that. The Variety Report said they're going to shift to Doctor Doom. I There's just a little bit of wiggle room for interpretation on this, though, right? I mean, I don't know. She literally said the words someone confirmed it to me. It's not like she was just tweeting out theories. Uh, right. and, and she is a good source. So to me, this seems like very likely. I would say we're at like an 85% should believe this. I fully believe the Jeff Loveness. I'm just looking at the words and trying to be careful because that variety mm -hmm. report got me all caught up. And that felt like it was kind of like this weirdly timed piece right before the Marvels. But we'll talk about that again later in the show. We talk about what happened in the Marvels. But... Uh, I think that she definitely seems to be say, cl saying clearly, Jeff Loveness is not writing Avengers 5. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be, she believes because they're probably moving away from Kang. But that part seems less certain. Okay. I also feel like that is just uncertain across the board. Like even just looking at the Variety article, looking at other conversations that have been had around the situation, it seems like they are looking at different avenues but they have not fully like until they tell us what direction they're heading we don't really have an idea i do think loki season two the finale gave them an easy enough out if they want to pivot to something else but i think that they probably don't even fully know yet but i do believe what joanna is saying and i do believe that there is truth to it i, I also do believe to give her credit that like a lot of her words get twisted out of proportion i love that you have a what if shirt on i know <laughs> i i had a feeling <laughs> I had a feeling we were talking about it today, so. I also think, you know, that report said Marvel was, quote, effed based on the Loki finale, a top dealmaker who saw the Loki finale. The Loki finale provided a perfect opportunity to either double down on Kang and finish this story or get completely out of it and never mention Kang again, I feel like. Yeah. And just say, well, the TVA wrapped up all the Kangs. It's done. Yeah. I, that's how I took that. Neves, what do you think of all this? 
I, I think it's really interesting because I've, I've been reading the uh, the Reign of the MCU book. And if you read that, all of this stuff has actually always been happening. Like people writing mm-hmm. writers being changed, directors being changed. This is, We're just more aware of it now. But this has always been par for the course. And I'm not really too worried about it. Whether they do Kang, whether they go to a new person, I think they'll really figure it out. I'm not too, I'm not sweating it. Yeah. Olivia Deneeb just pe- doing his best Vincent D'Onofrio, like, yo, this stuff happened all the time before <laughs> now, and now we all care because we spent three years locked inside and it became everybody's lives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go back through that variety article, shall we? My J-School <laughs> degree that I wasted a bunch of money on tells me we probably should. Okay. They're F at the end of the Loki finale because I don't know how you go for it without Jonathan Majors. We, great BD just laid out. That was wrong. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. The Blade Rider comes out and goes, this whole four women life lessons thing doesn't sound right to me at all. Bang. Number two. Nia DaCosta tells Jake Hamilton, yo, I was involved in post-production. It's just that they pushed the movie four times. If you're a baseball player, that's a good average. But for everything else, it's terrible. Those of you who listen <laughs> and like sports will laugh at that a little bit. Because you can be a 300, like 300 batter and be an amazing Hall of Famer. But like for like an F like grade on the paper, it's like that. I, I just, unless it's written by Angelique Jackson, I'm like, man, am I going to read anything else that they put out? I mean, I'm going to have to. Jim Viscardi has my family. Shout out to Hugh Skips. Those of you guys who saw the last episode last week, I'm going to keep calling him that. Uh, But yeah, I don't. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We don't know. I mean, to have all this fervor, like Neeb said before, a Comic Con before a D23 where they can actually lay out what's going on is kind of wild to me. And whatever happens, happens. I, I just hope. If you're going to do Dr. Doom, it ain't been done right on screen yet. Uh-huh. It ain't happened yet. Don't rush that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like Marvel Studios is like conducting their own real life multiverse situation where they have this one ready, but then if mm-hmm. something happens in real life in a if there's a certain outcome, you know, then they're mapping it for this way. That's where I think we are right now. I think that two options are being laid out to see how things turn out in real life. Uh, that's that's what it feels like to me. Where so nobody has the answer yet because they're waiting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. It's gonna be what it's gonna be a lot of wait and see. I hope they have an epic panel at Comic Con this summer. I hope they bring a lot of clarity. I hope they're able to. Uh, I do think things are gonna change, but I don't know what direction that goes. I'm curious about the Kang stuff, but uh, we'll see. Are right, we gonna BD keep moving? Here. We got a panel. lot more to talk about. And not a lot of time to do it. I hope BD hosts that panel. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Let me host Hall H, brother. I'm just going to start at Kevin.Foggy at Marvel Studios. K Foggy at Marvel Studios. Kevin F at Marvel Studios. Just send him a headshot every day and be like, I can host your panel. <laughs> sure, that'll work. All right. We got uh, next news is a little bit about Scar Joe. Scarlett Johansson seems to believe she isn't coming back as Black Widow. She said on the Today Show, oh my, I don't know how that would, is it, is it a zombie film? I think it was the end, right? She passed. It would be a miracle. I would be a real Marvel miracle. It would be a Marvel. But who knows? First of all, adorable. Uh, second of all, um, they all lie. They're all liars. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, zombie, whatever. Like, I'm sure she knows as well as everyone that the multiverse is happening. So it's, it's like, you can't believe these people. I don't know. Like, someone needs to tell her about all of the different ways characters can get resurrected in comics because it's not just zombies. Like, there are a multitude of ways to bring Natasha back if you chose to do so. I, it's so interesting to me because I know Feige said this talking to Ash a couple weeks ago of like that ScarJo is still executive producing some project and we still don't know what that is. And that's really interesting to me. So I'm happy she's still involved with the franchise, even if it's not playing Natasha again. I assume any movie she would appear in, she would also be an executive producer, by the way. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that that would have to be true at this point. Um, Neebs, what do you think? ScarJo, the rest of the crew coming back? I don't see the rest of the crew coming back. I, uh, the fact that they mentioned zombies, there is a Marvel zombie show coming out, which is, is TVMA, which I am very, very excited for. Uh, but other than that, like I could see her being more involved in a uh, you know, uh, Yelena show or something like that or an, a sequel to the movie or something like that but i don't see the character coming back now i think they're all been they've been good i think everyone's happy with the way it ended it would be weird to bring it all back 
I think it's inevitable. You you say that until you hear that Avengers theme in the third act of Secret Wars. You um, say that until they're all in a circle and then all of us are crying. Yeah. You know? If it happens in Secret Wars, that I'll give that a pass. That'll be fine. Secret there Wars is, is one of those places where it's worth bringing it. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, let's get to these last couple topics here. Okay, we've got Taika Waititi talking about not being a part of Thor 5 uh, at the premiere of Next Goal Wins. He talked to Business Insider, and in true Taika Waititi fashion, he just had to make jokes about it. He's like, I know that I won't be evolved. I'm going to concentrate on all these other films I've signed on for. He made a joke about being in an open relationship with Marvel, and that's okay. If they ever call me back, I'll crawl back into bed with them, which I absolutely love. Uh, so <laughs> we are going to need another director for uh, Thor 5. Uh, at some point here, which is reportedly or whatever in development. How do you guys feel about him not coming back? It feels like the coach O of the MCU. Like It it feels like the coach O of the MCU. Oh, I don't understand what that means. Richard's behind the camera right now nodding his head because that means you can win a national championship and then if you lose all of some of the tools that got you there and you got a lot of the tools still left and all of a sudden you don't make the playoff, you get fired. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Everybody's so quick to forget this man made Thor Ragnarok. Everybody, it's so cool to hate Thor Love and Thunder. I like, I'm not a huge fan of Thor Love and Thunder. I overreacted to that movie. I thought it was funny. And then I watched it again. I'll never forget. I had this kind of, I forget who I was talking to recently. It's like I went and saw Thor Love and Thunder a second time. And I was like, this isn't as funny as I thought it was the first time. I'll never forget sitting next to Richard after gloating about what a good time I had watching that movie. And like, I'm at the Opry Mills IMAX. Nobody's laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> This isn't like I, I had a better. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that premiere energy, but uh, he still made Ragnarok, and it is that "What have you done for me lately?" attitude very it's, quickly applied. But that's how movies work. If you if you don't keep consistently making a good movie, I don't now. know. Like it's also this. I don't know. I would also make the argument of Taika is attached to half a dozen different projects at he any is. other point in time. Like that man is supposedly doing Akira. He is supposedly doing a Star Wars movie. He's adapting Claire and the Sun. Like he has other things that he is prioritizing and I'm glad he's prioritizing sure. those things. But I as someone who loved Ragnarok and who did not like Love and Thunder, I am I am more than willing to see another director's vision if it means we get something fresh and we get something that has the potential to be good. I loved Iron Man and didn't love Iron Man 2 and John Favreau could direct another movie and I'd support it. But uh, I don't know. We talked about batting averages earlier and this Tiger's got a much higher batting average mm-hmm. for his movies than uh, than the accuracies we were talking about earlier. Jamie, but, your face. Jay, <laughs> Please stop talking about sports. This is a this is a show for people who don't listen to sports. Um uh, <laughs> No, I, I just want to say I think like I think it's really interesting. Like you know, people didn't love Thor, Love and Thunder, and and like the the opinion on Taika just changed so dra- drastically, as if he had done something like heinous. And I think it's like, and that, and that's just like how I think being a celebrity works is that people just like like the internet. I see so much hate for Taika sometimes, and I'm like, he didn't. What did he do? Like yeah, like it's you know. I, I just it, I think that's wild. But all that be, like I think he's still out there making good stuff. I'm excited to see his next projects. But that being said, I'm also excited. For a refresher, if we're getting a Thor five, we've never had a MCU character get five standalone movies. If if we're gonna get a fifth one, refresh it completely, a whole new vision. Otherwise, what are we doing? Shang Chi still doesn't have a sequel. Like if we're getting a Thor five, I think it really does need to be fresh, fresh blood. Uh, depending, it doesn't matter if if Love and Thunder would have been amazing. I still think fresh blood is the way to go. Bring back Kenneth Branagh. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, go Daggers. Go Daggers. Uh, real quick, last thing here before we get to the Marvels. Uh, Kevin Wright, in an interview available on Phase Zero Podcast and YouTube channel, uh, I asked him, you know, he, I asked him if, if there's going to be Loki Season 3. He said this is the end of a book. He just hopes to work with the people who he made Loki Season 2 with again because they all had such a good time working together and made something really special together. So I said, oh, well, there you go. Avengers Secret Wars executive produced by Kevin Wright and directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Seems like the writing's on the wall. And what he said was, he thinks those seats are already taken. Now, my tinfoil hat that you know I love to wear is telling me that means Avengers Secret Wars might already have a director. I read the quote to mean at least that there's a producer, like the way that we know they kind of like delegate a producer on a particular Marvel project at any other point in time. But 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a director. I know they probably could have been making those deals during the strikes, but I, I don't know when we'll find out if they do have one. Names, who are you picking to direct Secret Wars? I think the biggest twist of all would be Fifth Martin Scorsese. That man would never. Could you imagine the seven-hour epic it would be starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Iron Man? Oh. Just cast Leo as Doctor Doom. Problem solved. Just have him make that face everybody. that he makes in Flowers Moon. Leo is playing everyone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick one minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Marvels, the box office, what happened this weekend, get Neves' thoughts, and announce our guest for Friday's bonus episode. So subscribe to the channel right now if you're watching on YouTube and on Twitch. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in a moment. If anybody ever wanted to use that 10 second skip button, it's over that break, huh? That's what normal people do. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you can't do that on a live show, Jim Viscardi. People don't forget. All right. We got to talk about the Marvels. We're going to talk about the box office and how maybe that variety piece and everything might have factored into this and all the, all the factors. Uh, but before that, Neves, I want to get your thoughts on the film. What did you think? Yeah, I I thought the movie was very entertaining. Like, obviously, uh, I do think it has some flaws. I feel like there's a part of the movie on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to see. I feel like there's parts of the villain that's in there that we didn't get to see. I, I don't just I don't 100 percent agree with the fact that people say the villain was not great. I think the villain had so much potential. They had a great backstory who you could really like understand why they're doing what they're doing. Amazing acting. I think all they needed was an extra 10 minutes of screen time and maybe a Killmonger speech. And it would have been such a great villain. Uh, but I do feel like they, they dropped the bolt on that a little bit. But I I really think the, the strikes hurt it quite a bit. And uh, the thing is, when I went to watch it, so many little kids were there. I swear to God, they did not care that the villain didn't have a backstory uh, that they liked. They didn't care about the nuance. They were just cheering and laughing and clapping. And it was so nice. And the cat, the Flurkins, really just stole this movie for the kids because I've never heard. I thought I was watching Cars for the first time because there were so many <laughs> little kids here laughing. But it has an audience that I think that people, you know, they don't respect the audience that's you know, of the young people, it's not not everything has to be for the same people who have been watching this since Iron Man. Right. Uh, there's other demographics that we could appeal to. And I think this movie does that really well. Uh, but unfortunately, it came at a really awkward time with the strike and everything happening. So those are my thing for it. But my favorite thing, I know everyone's talked about the X-Men thing, but I don't think enough people are talking about the Young Avengers being led by Kamala. I think that's so amazing. That's so cool. And I literally can't wait for it. I would love to see all the Avengers out there fighting Kang and then Earth being left unprotected. And then who's got to save them, right? The Young Avengers. I can see that being a great movie. So I'm excited for that. I, I hope Young like looking at this project now, my confidence in these post-credit scenes paying off. I got dragged for this on Twitter over the weekend. But the, like the line of things that, of stories that I want to see pay off, which seemingly are destined to pay off and yet to be announced projects, uh, the faith is is not exactly strong. But uh, I, yeah, that that Young Avengers tease, the reference to Cassie Lang and all that, like they're putting they're putting a team together. Yeah, my thoughts on this film also they went up a little bit, a little bit. It's certainly not my favorite movie, but I think it is. So I think I was a little tough on the singing scene, which I still don't like, but it's not enough to say like. This makes this a bad film. I never actually said this was a bad film in the first place, and I've never thought that. But I think it's just, for me, it's completely fine. It's not my favorite film. It's in the middle of the multiverse saga. But, yeah. Has anybody's opinion changed at all? Well, Jamie, I ahead. would like to say I saw it a second time, and I liked it even more. I had so, I just had, nice. it's just so fun. It's so rewatchable. And I love what Neeb said about the kids. Because, I mean, I talked about this on Twitter, and I will stand by this, that, like, young girls love comic book movies too and to have one that like is really catered to them like i said this last week my friend's daughters are 10 and 13 and to watch them come out of that movie was so joyous and like to be mad like i'm an adult man this movie didn't cater just to me is like well i'm sorry you have 27 other movies that cater just to you um and like and i love stuff like that and i've already you know i i already defended the the singing scene to death um but like but seeing it again for a second time the issues i did 
have to it everything Neve said villain like it didn't matter because I was having so much fun and and it, it's bumming me out that more people aren't seeing it because I wish that they actually were marketing this as kind of a family friendly film because I think that then more parents would be taking their kids to see it because it is perfect for them. Yeah. I agree. I, I saw it a second time. I loved it as much, if not even slightly more, because it, it flowed even more watching it a second time. I think that at the end of the day, for me, the marketing did this movie a huge disservice. I think that it like as much as I liked the first couple of trailers, they really didn't show what this movie was. And the subsequent marketing, especially once we folded in more of the male dominated stuff and more of the scenes of Endgame, it felt like it was trying to cater to everybody and nobody at the same time. I saw the Taylor Swift m movie in theaters multiple times. They had a trailer that was cut supposedly specifically for those screenings. And it was so cold and so emotionless and not conveying the tone of this movie at all. And so I think they needed to market this, like Jamie said, for girls, for families. And I think that it would have been a slam dunk. I wish we could give some of the goodwill that we gave Quantumania and some of the other movies. I wish we could give it to the Marvels because I genuinely think it deserves it. Yeah, it's, it's quite like at a minimum, it's a very fun movie. And I think it's just, it's so blatantly overhated for obvious reasons of misogyny and just other, I mean, if you don't like the movie, that's totally fair. You did, if, one thing to clarify, I'm not here to say that people who genuinely went in and watched the movie and didn't like it are like misogynistic bad people. But there's obviously, those people are existing. There are people who are just not giving this movie a chance because they're saying, well, you made a woke movie so it can't be successful. Guess what's the biggest movie of the year, dipshit? Barbie. <laughs> Uh, Can I just say, also, I, I, Jamie, go ahead. No, Jenna, no, Jenny, you go. I tweeted that watching it a second time, I teared up a couple times because I genuinely did because the positive emotions and the camaraderie in this movie like made me emotional. And I got replies saying that I needed to be medicated, that I was stupid, like all of the most rampant misogyny possible. I, I expected it, but it was still very, very crazy to see because I guarantee you most of the people who were in my mentions, I got a lot of positivity from people who saw it and had a similar sort of response, but all of the negativity, I don't even think they even saw the movie. I have never gotten hate like this before for liking a movie in my life. And I liked Rise of Skywalker. And let me tell you, this Damn. Hate, and like that, like that's different I because you. I know like because I know that wasn't good, but I still liked it. And I didn't even get oh, that kind of hate. The hate, like people are hating us for liking this. Those people haven't seen it. And I've said this, and I I said so clearly, so many times, it's okay if you don't like this movie. And the, and they just don't hear that because they don't because like that's not what they're hearing. They they're not seeing this movie and they're just piling. I I have a friend who does what we do, and she's like, I've been crying all day because I'm getting death threats because I dared to like this movie, and that's insane. It's like mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's it's uh, it's upsetting. But I don't buy it. We're gonna have to talk about that all after the show, Jamie. I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying I liked it. <laughs> Jamie saw that thing eleven times in theaters. Go. I ahead. saw it six times in theaters. Calm down. <laughs> wow. I was I was gonna say that like I don't really buy this whole woke movie uh, don't do well because one of the most woke shows out there is The Boys and people are too dumb to realize how woke it actually is. Yet no. the same people who who love that show are the ones complaining about it being woke. It's just so wild to me. And there's Neat. people saying like, yeah, good. No, go keep going, keep going. I was gonna say there's people saying that like uh, Captain Marvel is this uh, smug, reductive, mean character. I'm like, she's chasing cats in this movie. She's walking around chasing cats. I'm like, oh, are you serious? It's just so funny to me. Neebs hit the nail on the head in terms of people People have now, woke doesn't mean what it used to. It's been stripped down to mean about women or about people of color. And I think the, like, the perfect example of that is how people called Obi-Wan Kenobi woke because it starred a black woman, but no one called Andor woke because they're stupid. Because the real <laughs> definition of woke is what Andor is, but they didn't notice. And like that's why that word is now Max. meaningless. It's like the word literally. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, I, I to dust off my like my degree for the second time this, this episode <laughs> like to talk about things that are like concrete like this is the movie this year that was probably most affected by the strike not having the stars out in front of it there's no doubt in my mind that this thing beats Incredible Hulk it beats Quantumania it beats some of these other lower tier MCU projects if you just have Aman Vellani being awesome with the cast mm -hmm. in front of the commercials. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. There's other weird stuff, too. I think me and Jenna have talked about to death that study that came out that Barbie is the only thing that people, that and Oppenheimer, the only things people have gone to the theater to see in the last three years. 
because it was a big event and they made it feel like it was a thing because the internet kind of helped, but also the movies are good, right? Um, and then thirdly, I think there's just a real kind of, there's no benefit of the doubt for these Marvel projects anymore, critically. Like we were watching that freaking Rotten Tomato thing vacillate like a hawk the last episode and we ended and it was rotten and then it was fresh because a couple things rolled back in. Now, should two guys on film be viewed the same as like the New York Times in the aggregator? I am not a software engineer. I just went to school with a lot of them. But it pro- <laughs> we probably need to adjust how we get these movies and feel these movies. The cinema score was like a B. Um, which is along the lines of all these other Phase 4 projects. I think the only things that didn't get a B in cinema score were Wakanda Forever and Guardians. Even Shang-Chi didn't get an A. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that's it. And it tested super well. I think Jenna's point about not finding its audiences is really cr- crucial too. Because I watched this and Wish last week. Shout out to Jamie. We had a lot of time, uh, fun, like reacting to fake uh, star. <laughs> Uh, it, it, those two, they're very family centric. They're very cute movies. I, I'm like, why didn't you guys market this thing to more to younger kids? I think this thing could have swept. I think we're still in a mode where it's going to do an elemental, and because nothing else is coming out this year until Wonka, it's just going to be around. Like that first weekend of Hunger Games, I'm I'm curious to see what happens because there's a lot of Hunger Games fans, of which my wife is one of them, and she's like, ooh, more. <laughs> um, she read Jamie Drax's review on comicbook.com. You should go read that. <laughs> I think it will hang around. We'll have to have this conversation again at the end. We're destined to do this dance over and over again, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it came, the, the circumstances of this movie's release were so strange. Obviously, the strike is an undeniable factor. If you had Brie Larson, Mavalani, Tiana Paris doing mm-hmm. the, the idea we pitched for this, just in case the strike ended, was going to be so fun. And if our idea was fun, there's outlets out there that are almost as good as us. That would have been super fun. <laughs> there's also outlets that are far better than some of the concepts I'm sure we we came up with. Uh, that, that you would have had the three of them just being a blast, like marketing the hell out of it just by being themselves. And that sells tickets. This is the first Marvel movie to release without the cast doing a press tour. It also, that variety piece that came out right before it was very strangely timed. I think that it's undeniable that saying that Marvel is in crisis on the cover of Variety certainly makes people be like, well, you know what, then I'll skip this next one. Not everybody, but I'm sure there's a couple people who can see that factor. Uh, it, it Releasing the same night as the Loki finale, Loki definitely seems to have overshadowed this. Loki was like fantastic and perfect, and everybody was able to just watch it from home. There was no effort required. So it was easier to just say, well, the Marvel thing I'm going to consume this weekend is just a remote instead of a car ride and a movie ticket. So that that right there is an example, whether you want to call it superhero fatigue or just too many options at the same time that people pick the easier one that they were already right there. I don't know. There was a lot of factors in this one. I, the, the Variety article I find just so strange because now that some of that stuff has come out to be either refuted or just proved to be not the case, uh, it's it's just so strange that that dropped right before a movie did. And I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like Variety is the one they went and spoiled. Um, Eternals thing. Yeah. Yep. And so I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something. I don't know. It's it is. It's an interesting world we live in. Uh, I think the Marvel certainly deserved better than the worst MCU box office of all time. It is definitely not the worst MCU movie ever. Like easily, I don't think anybody who has seen the movie with any sort of rational, logical, open-minded approach would feel that there are like so easily movies that are worse than this was better than captain marvel it's predecessor it's it's a sequel and it's the better movie alone so i don't know and i'm saying that as the person on this panel who liked it the least of everybody too like i just thought it was fun like at minimum it's a very fun movie Um, i'm frustrated i also you know i saw i i I honestly stopped talking about it because uh like i'll still talk about the movie but i probably talk about movies more than i talked about this one because the freaking negativity like the things people say to you for saying something positive about this film on both facebook and twitter over the weekend were just exhausting so it made me like not just not like it wasn't even i'm not going to talk about this movie it was i'm just going to put my phone down because i'm getting so frustrated with the fact that if i say something nice people say awful things and i was like dude i just got i can't respond to people that you're not going to change somebody's mind you're just going to exhaust yourself it makes me feel bad that people are saying such crappy things to me uh then maybe that's just a sign of weakness. I don't know. The movie's fun. I'm curious to see how it does in week two. I don't think it's going to have like an insane drop off because people it's 
at least been discussed enough that curiosity might drive some sales. So we'll see. Um, but the box office is crazy to me. It is a bummer. And I don't think it's just the sign of the quality of this film. I think it's a sign of the state of the MCU, the, the circumstances leading to this release, and a lot of other things. I just also want to no point out that money. Like Mission Impossible 7 uh, got had like a 90% plus score. Everyone loved it, and it still didn't make that much money. Like It's just yep. a weird time, yep. too. Like yeah. It's yeah. just an odd time at the box office. And to put everything on the Marvels is just sexist, I think. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we saw, I feel like we all saw this coming, too. Like mm -hmm. for months, like Marvel fatigue and 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 the, the conversation around Marvel has changed. It is people. It is now like much cooler. To, it's like that. It's that comment. This show is still on that used to follow every article and tweet about The Walking Dead. It's become cool to say that about Marvel. You know, it is what it is. It, it, there's still it's still cool to like Marvel. Obviously, it has a massive audience. Loki is very talked about. The Marvels. I mean, forty five million dollars. Obviously, it's hugely disappointing. But most movies don't make that when they release. So I don't know. That's it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see this all recalibrate how this the ripple effect that this has on future projects. Uh I really just the one thing I hope it doesn't affect is these characters being used in future projects because these characters are undeniably fun and great and their dynamic together was hands down the thing that worked more than anything else in the movie for me. I want to shout out uh, V-Spark in the comments reminding us that Twitter's not a real place because yes. we do see the worst of it. Like, like, and, and we know more than anything that like, uh, that Twitter is not the end all be all of opinions and everything. It's just that because of our jobs, we have to be immersed in it. And they're so right. If we were to climb out into the real world, it's not nearly as bad as what we're seeing in terms of sexism and 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 mm -hmm. all this hate and everything like that so that thank you for that reminder it's good to remember it, i mean i can't i yeah i can't emphasize that enough i have had to put twitter away to go live my life in ways that i don't even feel comfortable talking about on the show because i have just i i don't like social media it's an asset for work i i really enjoy connecting with people and being able to bring some joy to people but at the same time, there is a level of toxicity and things that people will say to you and about you that are about anything that you like or just things that exist that are just awful and bullshit. And it's just like, well, you got to put the phone down and remember you can go outside. The world's still there. The sun's still up. And like the world can like you can actually control your actual world a bit if you just get off of it. So anyway, that's our that's our little soapbox for today's uh Phase zero, I guess. I hope everybody uh, can put their phone down and have a good time now that you've listened to the show, especially. Thanks for riding with us this far. Anything else you guys want to say about the Marvels before we wrap up this part of the conversation? Don't we, we want to make an time? announcement, BD? Yeah, uh, but I wanted to make sure if there's anything else about okay. the Marvels. Neebs is here. I, listen, we had our conversation. We ran way long on today's episode. So if there's anything about the Marvels we want to add, we're already late. So let's we, anything else? Where do you think Kamala shows up next? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't like, I have no in, idea. In a dream scenario, you fast track a season two of her show. But that I don't know if that is the scenario that we're in. But I, I, do, I, I don't know. I do think she's going to be in the zombie episode. So that's probably where we'll see her next. Oh, but that's, oh, that's better happen to my girl. What? No. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think, um, I think that at Comic-Con, there's a chance that we learn that the MCU is changing its plans. Mm -hmm. and there is going to be Avengers projects that may not be Kang Dynasty. Uh, I think that Young Avengers would, could be one. I think an Avengers movie before Secret Wars could be one. And I do think that the like a Young Avengers TV show would probably freaking slap. It'd be awesome yeah. if you can get if you can pull that off. And I think the Avengers movies are kind of the secret sauce that the MCU is missing right now, because the number one thing I complain about, uh, despite enjoying all the projects individually, at least in some way or another, is that the connective through line just isn't there. So I think those Avengers movies that make sure to remind you, yeah, these people are all in the same space. It's not just a Kingo poster in the background. They actually can meet, you know, they can tackle problems together. If phase four had culminated with the Avengers secret invasion, or it had been the Marvel's secret invasion led by these three characters surrounded by everybody else in kind of a Captain America civil war type of way, that would have been a crazy event that would have really, I think, reinvigorated a love for what's going on and an appreciation and a patience. I know I'm not one for tremendous patience. Sorry, Cap. But <laughs> I think that those sort of events that tie everything together will go a long way. And I do hope if they are going to rework this in any way, that is something they, they plan to do. 
but that's okay. That's all I got to say about that. I talked too much. I said it before the show, and I'm, I can't even shut up now. Jeez. All right. We have an announcement. This Friday, bonus episode of Phase Zero, Jenna and I are going to be interviewing none other than, Jenna, do the honors. Iman Vellani. Yeah! Woo! Miss herself is going to be on the bonus episode of Phase Zero. We're going to dive into the show. We're going to talk about the series. We're going to talk about the the movie. And uh, if anybody has any questions for Iman Vellani, probably the only person who could come on this show who could arguably be a bigger Marvel fan than any of us, it's (laughs) happening. Honestly, she should just be an honorary co-host. Seriously. I'd allow it. All right, y'all. So thank you so much for supporting Phase Zero and getting us to this point where we're able to pull that off. Uh, very, very grateful for that. Jamie, any last words for today's show? Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, on uh, Last week, I interviewed a lot of cool people at the Box Lunch Holiday Special. Uh, so look for that on on the site. Uh, David Harbour, I guess, didn't know that we know that Harrison Ford's in Thunderbolts, and he did not know how to react when I asked about it. And I was like, no, it's okay. We know. He's like, I don't think we know. <laughs> and it was pretty cute. Um, and then uh, my Wish interviews are now up, and uh, I'll be writing about those today. But uh, Chris Pine, I asked him about Marvel and DC. That was a mistake. But I asked Ariana <laughs> DeBose about, um, about Craven, and she had a really fun reaction. She told me she wants to fight Andrew Garfield. So uh, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, uh, keep an eye out for all of that business. The most justifiable reasons to have missed the Loki finale when it aired. Yeah. Yeah. I was so what, sad to what? miss you guys. It would have been a fun what? recap too because I could have just said the same things over and over again. <laughs> but what a night you had. Awesome stuff. Yes. Great work. Jenna? It's at Hey It's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics um, and tune into our interview on Friday and go watch Jamie's uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes coverage because I am very excited for that movie. Jamie and I have been texting about as I've been reading and finishing the book. So go watch that and go watch that movie. Aaron? Uh, it's at Something Like Corner on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for watching all the stuff. Super successful week. We love connecting with you guys. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do about the holidays now because what if? But we'll <laughs> let y'all know. Uh, no also days I also want to thank Green Path Comics for setting me up with the comic that I read with uh, the director of the Marvels. Um, it's Captain Marvel Assault on Eden number one. There's MCU variant. You know how hard it was to find a freaking comic with the three of them on the front of this thing? It is so difficult. So thank you to Green Path. That was really nice of them. Nice. Uh, huge thanks to our special guest today, Neves. We got to get you back on the show before too long. We can't have this long before between Neves' appearances. We got to cut back on that. Neves, dude, thank you for hanging with us. Any last words for today's episode of Phase Zero? Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. I am always available for you guys. I'll drop out of high school. I don't care what. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are my Captain Marvel. Like, <laughs> I-, I love you guys. So I really, really appreciate that. And if anybody wants to follow me, it's uh, at Watch With Neves. And uh, I have a podcast called Salam Nurse. Currently, we are doing Invincible. Invincible, another show that's woke that people don't realize how woke it is. <laughs> but I, if you definitely want to check us out, uh, feel free to do so. I highly recommend checking out Salam Nerds, everybody, uh, because you you just heard a little bit of uh, the 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 intelligence, the charisma, and the the perspective that Neebs can bring to the conversation in today's episode. Uh, you get full episodes of that on Salam Nerds, so go check it out, Neebs, dude. You're the man. Thanks so much for hanging with us. I got to wrap this up. This has been a long show. We'll see you on Friday with Amon Valani. Uh, subscribe to the Phaseo channel on YouTube. Huge thanks for our record-breaking Friday. And uh, have a good weekend, everybody. Play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. Anything to get that plus one on the view count, the audio download. And we love you for it. See you there.